Well, praise God. <clears throat> praise God. You can be seated. You know, I, I know we're here to, to share about our, what God's doing down in Mexico and southern and Central America. I'm having a hard time not just wanting to preach on Jesus. But, you know, I enjoyed the music the songs so tremendously this morning. And there in one of them, it talked about leaning on the breast of Jesus. We just came down from Canada this week. We were in Canada last week. And every morning while I was there, I was able to do some walking. And uh, beautiful country. The home we were staying in was there on Lake Ontario. And uh, I'm kind of strange in some areas. I like to talk to birds and rabbits and things like that. <laughs> and the birds talk back to me sometimes. Even down in Mexico, I, I like to, we, we walk every morning. And there's some beautiful yellow birds down there that's always waiting on me. And there's a fence. And as I go walking down that fence, there's birds there. And I, I walk, stop and talk to them, tell them about how blessed they are and how beautiful they are, the creature of God. That Jesus loves them, and as I keep walking, and they'll move down about two sections and wait on me down there. And this happens over and over and over. But anyway, the other morning, I had an experience I've never had before. A personal conversations with Jesus. And Jesus walked with me. And he talked with me that morning. And he said to me, he said, the Father asked me to personally walk with you this morning. I said, thank you, Jesus. And we talked for over two hours walk. And it became so real to me of the love of Jesus. And I think most of us, have never really comprehended the love of Jesus. The real love of Jesus. The real love of Jesus. We were singing about His blood this morning. Hey, He shed His blood for you. He shed His blood for me. You know, He reached down and picked me up out of that patrol car as an alcoholic. And washed me just as white and pure as snow. And I was just thinking about that. It became so real to me as we were singing a while ago. That I want to get it across to you that God loves you. That you're special to God. You're special to Jesus. You know, I lay there last night. I didn't sleep much last night for some reason. Well, I guess it was a reason. Because just in the presence of Jesus in that room. And I was thinking about a while ago how prevalent it is right now how Jesus is right here with you. Jesus has His hand on you. 
I said to Jesus the other morning, I said, Jesus, I don't want to follow you. I want to walk with you. I'd always said, I want to follow Jesus, and all of a sudden it hit me. I don't want to follow Jesus. I want to walk by his side. Like the song this morning, lean on him. And just imagine this morning that Jesus is sitting there and he's just leaning on you right now. He wants to bless you. He wants to help you. He wants you to be victorious because he's paid the price for your total redemption. He shed his blood for your salvation. He bore those stripes for your healing. And His healing power is here today to set you free from any bondage that the devil has ever tried to bring to you. That power of Jesus, He shed His blood for your salvation. He bore those stripes for your healing. But if that had been all that He did, we would still have problems. He went to the cross, but if He had just gone to the cross, that would not have close the deal. He went to the grave. If it just went gone to the grave, that would not have closed the deal. But when the deal was closed, it was when he got up out of that whatever he was laying on, and he walked out of that grave more than a conqueror, victorious in everything. And then he gave you and me power and authority He has authority, and He has given us His authority to go forth. I know what authority is. I wore a badge for many years, and I had authority that was backed up by the government of the United States of America and the state of Georgia. But that authority that I had then was no comparison to the authority that I had. A few days ago, 47 years ago, sitting under the steering wheel of my patrol car one Sunday morning, June the 6th of 1970. Between 9.30 and 9.45 a.m., Jesus Christ came to my, into my life. I turned that engine off. I turned those radios off and sitting there, I became a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things passed away. And behold, all things have come new for me, a new life. I never tried to stop drinking. I just never did want to drink anymore. I didn't, I didn't try to stop smoking three cartons of cigarettes a week. I just, no, I never, I didn't think about it. I was a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things passed away. And behold, all things became new. I was one of the cursedest, nastiest speaking individuals you ever came into contact with. I never tried to stop cursing. I was a new creature in Christ Jesus and old things had passed away. And those things in Christ Jesus is right here for you today, praise God. You can walk out of this place today more than a conqueror, victorious in all things, healed from the top of your head to the tip of your toes. You can do that today. Because you're a creature of the Most High God, and He's here with us today. I don't know about you, but that just turns my switch on. Praise God. But let me try to get on to my purpose here this morning. (laughs) 
You know, Beverly and I, we really appreciate the opportunity to be here with you. We appreciate this church. We appreciate what this church has meant to our ministry in Mexico and Central America. You know, I spent 13 years in the Arctic, in Quebec, and and, uh, up the eastern Arctic, working with the Inuit people, Eskimos, and Indians in in, uh, Quebec. You know, I'm a living proof that God has a sense of humor. You know, I was standing down at the Oasis Center in Mexico here a couple of summers ago. Really a beautiful, clear day, a cool day, 117 degrees. And I was reminiscing the day that the windshield was 125 below zero, 77 Fahrenheit below, you know, below zero. And I just broke out laughing. I said, God, you got a sense of humor. You know, but it was serving a good God. But, you know, I was thinking about it really this during the night last night of, of how that God, that I don't know, we connected. I, I've been friends with Pastor Sam and Donna since the early 70s. And uh, they've been where Sam Smith was a very dear friend of mine. And I was with him a lot in his last few days of his life. And uh, Donna is doing wonderful. Uh, she lives near us and our home when we're home in Texas and, and is doing really, really good. But since this church has been working with us and supporting this ministry, because, see, we know what we're called to do. We know where we're called to do it, and we know how to do it. And the how to is being with Jesus and letting him lead us and guide us and direct us. That's the how-to. But since that began, and I don't even remember what year that, this, that part of it began offhand, but this church has been a part of helping us reach, impact over a half million children. And in, every year... We've uh, been able to, the records show 45 to 55% of the attendees of our vacation Bible schools has given their hearts to Jesus. Well, that's a pretty significant number. But that significant number is not as important to me as the other figure of how many did we miss. That's a pretty awesome thing. But since we started in southern Mexico, we started with the Mayan Indians there, and we thought that we were just completely going, that was it. For the rest of our life, we'd be working with the Mayans. Then God provided the property for us there in, in uh, uh, Bacalar, Mexico, which is about 20 miles from the uh, Belize border. We're right down in the very bottom corner of Mexico. <laughs> and began to bring in teachers from the jungle and train them how to work with children. And and we began to use vacation Bible schools as a hook in the jaw to to reach the children. And just one thing began to lead to another. Then some friends, people came from Belize up to us. We're just near the Belize border. And and they got turned on. And and then uh, they they began to, to bring us down into Belize and, 
And then eventually we were covering every state in the country of Belize. And then we have the training programs there in, in, at uh, the Oasis Center. And, uh, and then, then when we finish there, then our Belize team goes back and reproduces it in Belize. And then once they do that, then, then it's reproduced. Our programs, our uh, training is reproduced in Guatemala. There's several more states there in the southern part of Mexico. It's reproduced into Honduras, El Salvador, Nicaragua, and this year it's going on into Costa Rica. And I, I have a pretty good sized vision. My vision is, is to see this programs go to every Spanish-speaking country in the world. Uh, that, that's my vision. Somebody said, well, how can you do it? You know, well, I realize that I have less years ahead of me than I might have behind me. But I believe that we can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. And through what, we, what God has led us to do, we were actually, Beverly and I were ministering out in the jungle area there when we began. And we were holding meetings out in, in the little villages and all of a sudden, we began to notice that everywhere we went in every meeting, that all 100% of the children present would come for, would respond to the call for salvation. Well, that's not normal here in the United States. I don't know if you realize that or not. But I, I had never had seen that, and we began to realize what was happening. And I asked one of the pastors, one, there in the, uh, one of the jungle village pastors, I said, are the children understanding what we're saying? Because this is not normal to see this happen day after day after day. And I, I said, are they understanding us or is there a breakdown in communication? Because we were strictly using the uh, interpreters. Tears began to go down his, his face and he said, they understand it. But said, we just never realized the importance of sharing with them that they needed to be born again. We thought that just they, because they were attending church, that, that they were okay. And that led to us beginning the vacation Bible school programs. Because we believe this. I believe that if we can reach children, children will reach their parents. Now, I'm a living testimony of that. My father pastored Pentecostal full gospel denominational church for 65 years. I was raised in church. But when I was 16 years old, I walked out of my father's church in Augusta, Georgia. I cursed him, I cursed God, and spit on the front door, door and doorstep of the church as I walked out. And swore I'd never walk in another church as long as I lived. I said, there's got to be a better life. Little did I realize I was running away from the very thing I was looking for. Because church is where you grow in the knowledge of the Word of God. But you have to listen to what's being said. See, that's the difference right there. And so I began to go forth and, and just looking. I thought I could find happiness in a bottle. I thought I could find happiness in, in, a, in a lot of terrible ways, really. And so as time went on, then... My son, for the first nine years of his life, I taught him there was no God. 
I said, when you go to your grandparents' house, you're going to hear about God, but don't pay attention to that God stuff. It's not true. I'd say stuff like, things like that, and, and inside me, I'd hear a voice scream out at me, no, 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 no. You know you're telling a lie. You know there's a God. You know there's a hot and a burning hell, and you're headed straight to it, and you're taking your family with you. And, and this went on for a number of years. And then my son's best friend's father was the head of a children's ministry and a bus ministry in a little local Baptist church. And they had a tremendous children's ministry there. And they began to ask my son to go to church with them. And he was also my son's, uh, uh, my, his best friend's father. And uh, I'd, I'd curse and tell him, no, you're not going to a stupid church. And uh, this went on for quite a while. And uh, finally, I got tired of hearing it. And, and, uh, and he would tell me that a that, uh, little boy named Glenn, that his father would ask him to go to church with him. He was also the little league ball player, uh, coach of the ball club. And uh, I'd curse and say no. So finally, I went over to Mr. Simon's house and cursed him up one side and down the other, still in uniform, and, and, and told him, leave my boy alone. You're causing trouble in my family. My family can't understand this, and you better back off of it and leave my son alone. And I called him some very unkind words. I never will forget him looking me straight in the eye. He said, Mr. Rackley. He said, I love Wayne, my son. He said, I love Wayne, and Jesus loves Wayne. And you may find this hard to believe, but he even loves you. And I said, well, you leave my boy alone. And I left. I thought I had accomplished my goal that that would never happen again. Three weeks later, Daddy, can I go to church with Glenn? Did his daddy ask you again? Yes, sir. Jumped in my car, and here I went again. I told Mr. Salmon, I said, I said, I came to you like a gentleman, but the gentleman days are over. And I'm not going to tell you what I told him, but it wasn't nice. I said, leave my boy alone. I said, nah, you better do it. Man, I, it was a bad scene. So anyway, I knew that I had accomplished my objective by this time. About three weeks later, <laughs> Wayne said, Daddy, can I go to church with Glenn? I said, his daddy ask you again? He said, yes, sir. I thought about it a moment. I said, yeah, you can go. Well, he went. A few weeks later, we were in the backyard of our house working on his bicycle. I, I can't believe it. I was that kind of a man back then, but I was. I said, how's this church jump? He said, ah. I said, it's okay. I said, what do you mean? Ah, it's okay. He said, well, it could be better. I said, well, how could it be better? He said, if you'd go with me. And it was like somebody took a board and slapped me in the face with it. And I said, we'll go. And to make a long story short, that led to eventually another friend of mine, he was a state trooper in California, tricking me to go to a full gospel businessmen's meeting. I thought we were just going out to dinner. Didn't realize what we were going to. But at that meeting, I heard a businessman from Lebanon, Ohio, stand up and talk about a good God. 
I thought God was after me. I thought Jesus was trying to trick me. I thought he was just, he just trying to get me, so to speak. But he talked about a God that loved me. And he convinced me that if I had been the only person on earth, that Jesus loved me. And I'll never forget that Sunday morning, June the 6th of 1970, when I parked my patrol car in that secluded place in the edge of the county I was patrolling, and I cried out to Jesus, and Jesus came into my life to abide. That is the driving force of what we're doing in southern Mexico, the Mayan jungle, several states in southern Mexico, and all the way down through Central America. Because Jesus reached me through my son, through a child. And I believe that if we can reach children, children will reach their parents. I, uh, I was riding down the street one day in, in Texas, and it seemed like that I saw a neon sign flashing at me. And it said, children, the world's greatest natural resource. And that's the driving force. And you're helping us to do that. And we appreciate it. And we want you to know that you, we appreciate it. Beverly is going to come to you or come with us and now, and, and she's going to share a PowerPoint with you and show you some of the things that, that we're doing, and, and she'll probably preach your sermon while she's doing it. <laughs> Good morning. Don't turn me on. Am I on? Can you hear me? No. 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 Oh, it's going to take two of them. This is serious. Hello? One, two, three. Buenos dias. ¿Cómo están? Hi. Estoy aprendiendo español. Am I on? Hello? Hey, you can hear me now. Uh, there's a preach up here, I'm telling you. This is, a, this is an easy place to be this morning. That praise just opened the heavens, didn't it? It was good stuff. But you needed a yeehaw in the nothing but the blood. We are Texans. I'm a Texan. He's Georgian. I'm Texan, so I just wanted to say yeehaw. Everybody try it. Yeehaw. Doesn't that feel good? That was for Pastor Sam. But God is so good to us. We have... Uh, we have so much passion with what we do. We're, we're proud of what we do, and we're proud of you because you help us do it. When I woke up this morning, I had a scripture on my mind, and it was Colossians 1.20, and I read it in the Amplified, and it says, and God purposed. God has a purpose, right? You're here today because of purpose. It said God had a purpose that through, by the service and the intervention of Him, the Son, talking about Jesus, all things, how much? How much? It's todo. Todo en español. Todo. Todo los cosas. Total. Everything. Todo los cosas should be completely. How, how much is completely? Does it leave anything out? All things. How? Compl exactly. Good. You were listening. I work with kids, okay? So all things what? Completely. How much? Completely. Exactly. Completely reconciled back to himself. 
Hello, I'm preaching better than y'all are amen. Whether on earth or in heaven, as through him, the Father, he made peace by the means of the blood of his cross. Hallelujah. And when you sang that song this morning, that's just one of my favorite hymns because the church has put the hymns back and we don't bring them out as much as we should, but there's power in that blood and there's nothing that does not, is cannot stand against the blood of Jesus. There's not anything you're facing today, any healing, any deliverance, any family problems, squirrely kids, you know, goofy husbands, whatever. There's nothing that you're facing that God didn't say he already completely reconciled it back to himself. Now you need to act like that's true. I I didn't write that. This is God's word. This is his purpose is to reconcile whether it's a child in, in, in Mexico or whether it's people in the Dominican Republic or other ministries that you, that you uh, represent or that you support. It said all completely reconciled. Who needs some things reconciled this morning? Some of y'all are liars. You need to have both hands up and one foot up. Children are so honest. Children will just tell you the way it is. They look at you and say, Miss Beverly, your hair's sticking up. You know, I mean, they're just honest, right? But that's what God's purpose is to reconcile you back to Him. There's not anything too big. There's not anything too in your mind. If you are believing, if there's hopelessness in your life today, in any area, in your finances, in your social, in your relationships, you're believing a lie. Because truth will always bring life. Truth will always bring life. I want to hear an amen. Truth will always bring life. And some of you should take this scripture home tonight. You should, I mean, today you should write it down and you should say, God purposed in Jesus for me to reconcile everything completely in my life. In my life. So we have a good time. We like to preach. We like to work with children. The Lord gave us the Oasis Center 12 years ago in October. Uh, we've been down there about 16 years. Um, but the Lord gave us this beautiful piece of property. In fact, that little orange thing there, that's our new paint. We just, the Lord just helped us get it painted. And uh, what we do is we bring teachers in and we train them how to work with children. When I was a young girl, we went to Assembly God Church and we had booster band on Sunday night. And we watched Lassie. How many of you remember Lassie? Yeah. Woo! Got my generation here. And we'd get our clothes on real quick. Our petticoats, they were real big, you know. Our petticoat. Remember the petticoats? Okay. And uh, petticoat junction, no. And uh, so anyway, we would go to church. And my Sunday school teacher, her name, we called everybody brother and sister. And her name was Sister Moon. And she was far beyond her age. I mean, they, you know, we have, kids have, what, iPads and Kindles and Fires and whatever they are today, and, you know, but she was beyond her years, and she would do things three-dimensional, and she would make a memory verse literally jump out, you know, on, off the page to you, and she would just do things. We, she had a box, and we had sticks, and we had, we had uh, tambourines, and we had things that she had made. We couldn't wait. She would assign us what we could use during class, you know, and she was just awesome. Couldn't wait to get there. And her, the first scripture I learned when I was five years old, 
Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That has been a life scripture to me all my life. That let your good works before men. So what we're doing in, in Mexico is good work. So that's why, I'm, that's why we're where we are. We're located in a township of Bacalar. Bacalar. I need to use my Spanish, Bacalar. And um, that's a little hard for me to read. Is that hard for y'all to read? Kind of a little strange for me. Uh, teachers are taught several times a year. We don't just do vacation Bible school. We have feeding programs for pastors. We have, uh, we have uh, outreaches that we do all through the year. And that's because of our faithful partners. And our vision is to reach the children in southern Mexico, Belize, Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, Nicaragua. And this year we're going on to Costa Rica. And, whoops, where's the picture? Hello? There's no picture there. There it is. That was not, that was not the front gate. This is what it looked like when the Lord uh, showed us the property. It's, it's a miracle you would be here till 2 o'clock in the afternoon for us to tell you how God gave us the property. Uh, uh, a church in uh, New York bought, us a, uh, bought the property for us. And on the back side, this, these are old, old palapas here, and they were rotted down because of the way the rain had gone in between them. Right over behind them... Uh, Seekonk uh, sent a check many years ago. I don't remember what it was for, what, when it was for our bathrooms, and we wanted to do them in, pastor, in honor of Pastor Sam. But I didn't want to tell Donna we were doing bathrooms in honor of Pastor Sam. You know, so it was kind of a catch twenty two. You know, although if you know Pastor Sam's personality, you know whatever. So I'm talking to Donna, and I said, Donna, we're going to do this building in honor of Pastor Sam. She said, Well, it has to be outhouses. <laughs> So I said, okay, you lived with him. You understand. So that's what it looked like. This is what it looks like now, except that we had a, uh, we have that. That's beautifully orange now. It's a new, that's dormitories there. We can sleep about 65 people, and we have about 170 show up. So ask me how we do it. Don't know. God does it. So this is the uh, front building here, and uh, we have a little wishing well. And um, this is our new house. We, we lived in a dormitory room for 10 years. We did not have a private bathroom. So when the teachers would come, we would stand in line with everybody else, you know, till midnight to get a bath. So the Lord provided this house for us two years ago. It's a literal palace. It's about 600 square feet. But it's absolutely beautiful. This is our team, our Mexico team. This uh, right there, Shadia, she's been with me 16 years. She's my interpreter. This young man is one of our directors. This is one of our teachers here. This is Apolito. This couple here came this year to help. We had a church there for a couple of years, and he is actually a, what, in the military? He's a captain in the military, and I'm ordering the captain around, you know, go get plates and go set this up. That was kind of humbling there. And, but we have a beautiful team that God has raised up. And um, this is when the teachers come. This would happen to be this year. We, huh? Oh, I didn't show them the guard dog? Oh, there's Ophi. This is the famous guard dog, Ophi, right there. He has his scarf on, too. Uh, this year's theme for VBS was like a Boy Scout theme, and kids will actually earn merit badges for memory verses for attending class, for bringing people to church and things like that, bringing... And um, so that's why we're dressed with our caps and hats on. But this is one of our typical classes here. The Lord gave us four words when we came to the Oasis, and it was resources, application, preparation, and participation. 
and you learn you learn 83% by just increasing by it, the ability to learn 83% with visuals just using a visual if you hold up a potato you're going to remember I held up a potato right uh, if and so we teach that number one was resources this was my desire the thing that happens with these teachers is they're put in these positions out in these remote villages they have absolutely nothing and it would be like me asking you to come to my house and make a cake and I give you no flour no butter no sugar you would be frustrated you stand there going how am I going to make a cake so the Lord uh, raised up, we, we joke about it, El Bodega is, is warehouse, and so they call my bodega this, the heaven because when they go in, there's crayons and there's scissors and there's glue, and, and it's a big deal. I mean, your kids probably don't even use Crayolas anymore, but uh, these classes and these teachers and these situations are like where we were 25 years ago. I mean, we have to take Crayolas away from adults. You know, because they, they've been so deprived. So resources was number one. Number two was application. Well, that's what happens to you when you come to church. That's what I just gave you was an application for your life was Corinthians one twenty. So when you come here, you get filled up with something. You can't give if you're empty, right? You can't drink from a glass that has nothing in it. So you have to get filled up. And so that's what the oasis is, is that it's a place where they come and they get filled up, they get encouraged in their gifts, their talents. They're very, 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 very intelligent, very creative. They're uneducated, which is a big, big difference. They don't know how to use their talents. They don't know how to pull out the creativity. So this is a typical class here. And Oops, that's me. That was a hot day. Look how red my face is. And uh, the, the second thing is preparation. So we, we teach them how to prepare something. You know yourself, when you get up uh, on the uh, Monday morning, you have a list, you're going to get certain things done, you're prepared, you're getting ready to go do something. If you hand that list to someone else, they can get it done for you. That's preparation. And participation is where the child gets involved. They can come up and play the memory verse, or they can come up and play the game, or whatever, and it just changes their ability to learn. And... Uh, Literally, we've had grown men. We bring a bell, put away the crayons. We've had to go to the table, literally take the crayons out of their hand and say, we're going on to the next lesson now. You know, this is, uh, we try to make things real bright and colorful. This is, uh, we, we have had these, uh, these are salvation color. These have been all over the world. This uh, yellow stands for heaven. Black is, is, of course, sin. Red is the blood of Jesus. White is purity of heart after you receive Jesus. Green is growing. And blue is this, uh, the word, water of the word or the Holy Spirit. And uh, we teach everything from this aspect of salvation because, first of all, they've got to receive Jesus in order to... Um, but some of these teachers have been with us 10 and 12. We have 40% that return, and, and they've been with us for many, many years. Some of them have been... Look at the little worms and things that we've made right here. That's from an egg cart. They don't throw anything away. Everything's a resource. When we started, we didn't even have scissors for everybody. And now we have a basket full of scissors. This is during our praise and worship. Look at this little lady right here. She's probably only about 52 years old or 53 years old. But she's a dynamite teacher. She's just an awesome teacher. That's me and, and another interpreter, Eduardo. See, everything's bright, colorful. This is some of the... We have a lot of young men, a lot of young men that work with children. This is the group this year that we just had in April... And that is 113 churches and also 24 Bible students that are down the, the, uh, a, a local Bible school. That They're on the front there without their shirts in, uh, right there on the front. 
Okay, this is what the resources, we have a program called Adopt a Village, and it's $165, and what it does, it allows a teacher to come there for those three days, and then she goes back with glue and scissors and paper and balloons and things, paper and, and uh, different types of paper, foam, different things they can make, memory verse, crayons, see the crayons and the scissors, and, and uh, it's about a $45 package, $40 to $55, and we have a local uh, store that we work with, and this one lady, her whole commission comes from this one sale every year. So she, I, I am a princess when I walk in the door. It's like, what do you want, you know? And uh, we lay it out on the tables, put it in some really beautiful bags, and they're happy to get it. I mean, they are just super, super excited. This is some of the, uh, the bags and stuff that we do. This is this year's. It was, uh, this, couple met, this couple met at the Oasis. This is our first marriage between a couple that met at the Oasis. They're happy, happy, happy. This is where they come from. You see the difference? We're like, we're like Orlando or, you know, a five-star hotel. They get, they get wonderful food. But this is where they typically come from. But these people are some of the most precious people on the face of the earth because they're so hungry. And they, they have hopelessness. And that's what God has showed us to encourage them and put hope in them and give them a drive to reach their nation because they're the key. We're not the key. We're the key turners. We turn the key. This is a typical meeting here. This one is one of my favorite shots because the rain came down so horribly fast. And these things here, you would think, would protect you, but it just kind of poured them like a funnel. You know, it was just like we were drowned after, after this particular meeting. It's a, a typical church there full of people. We have to run the adults out to let the kids get in the church. But every art that we do, everything that we do has a scripture on it because you never know where that piece of paper is going to go. An aunt may read it, an uncle may read it, a grandpa may read it. But our drive is to put the word of God in them that they can have hope, that they can trust God. Not a beautiful little face there? Beautiful. That's my. There's nothing to say. That's, that's the picture right there. We're talking about kids that are old enough to know that they're receiving Jesus. But these teachers go back. We've had so many stories where teachers have said, well, I started with three, and two months after using your principles, using the resources, using the preparation, I've gone, grown to 48 in three months. We had one story back in March. No, back in February, sorry. We, uh, we, now the, the government has put up so many towers that a lot of people have cell phones and we, have, we were able to contact them. And uh, because of the hurricanes and stuff that come through there, they had so, many, so much deficit of not being able to get two people out in these remote areas. And so they do have the telephone service now. And our, one of our uh, associates was calling the churches and you know, reminding them to come. This is the time to come and all this kind of stuff. And this pastor said, what is the Oasis? I don't know what you're talking about. And he said, it's a place where you receive free material and you, and you get instructions on how to work with children. And... And he started crying and he got his wife on the phone. And, and the night before, they had said, God, we have two kids in our church, but we want to grow our children's program, but we don't know how. And this was on Wednesday. She showed up on Thursday. This was in February. When we talked to her in April, she came back. She, they had already increased to 12. To 12. And uh, we'd like church growth like that, wouldn't we? But I always get to these pictures and I, I, there's nothing to say. Because you can see the Holy Spirit moving. 
This was one of my favorite places. This is uh, Villa, Villa Hermosa. And um, there's a lady there, and her name is Hope, and she smiles all the time. She's just, again, she's not in one of these pictures, but that's just a memory of mine. It's amazing that Pastor John, uh, John would mention shoes because that's one of the biggest needs in Mexico as well, even sandals, you know, and stuff. But uh, you can tell that the kids are in their best. You know, they get dressed in their best. But uh, it's a privilege. It's just a privilege to go there and teach these teachers. And we do a lot of programs in the summer ourselves and go, go to these villages ourselves to see if the teachers are using the material. You know, we want to protect our investment. And... Uh, and we just, we just have a lot of um, fun going out and actually ministering to the children as well. But that's the world's greatest resource is children. But we came this morning to tell you thank you, but we also came to encourage you this, this word that, that, we, that this word that God gave us is a word for you today. You are reconcilers and you to be reconciled. You're blessed to be a blessing. You know, uh, it's not about your offering. It is good that the offering comes and money motivates and, and causes us to be able to... But God wants to change your heart. He wants you to see something bigger than Seekonk, Massachusetts. He wants you to see something bigger than just your family and your little needs and your, your problems. You know, uh, James was talking about the experience he had in Canada. I was listening to Robert Morris uh, recently. And he said that the Lord, you know, he went to have his time with God and God said, I'm going to take care of your list. I just want you to spend time with me today. I just want you to, to focus on me. We have a gift this morning and it's the presence of Jesus. Jesus is in the house this morning. Jesus is in the house this morning. And we're here to show you about missions. And we're to, but this is what we teach the children. You can learn the presence of God. You can trust God. Some of you have lost your trust in God and you need to just renew that fact that you can trust God. Whatever that situation is, you can trust God. Amen? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you like for your children at the age of five or six or yourself that someone put into you, you can trust God? Wouldn't that have changed your whole course of life if you really knew that you could trust God? Well, it's a new day. It's a new season, it's a new anointing, and you can trust God. Because he says right here, he purposed that through Jesus Christ, all things, how many? Would be completely, completely reconciled back to him, whether on earth or in heaven, and that Jesus made peace by means of the blood. And some of you just need new peace in your life this morning. You need reassurance that you can trust God. I want you to stand up for a minute. I'll give it back to Pastor John just a minute. Is that okay? I just want you to take whatever you have. If it's a thought of fear. James didn't, wasn't, didn't get into his testimony, but he was plagued with suicide. He was plagued with suicide. In that same car, he had tried to kill himself three times. He would put the gun in his mouth, put it out the window, and it would misfire. I mean, put it, put it here, it would misfire, put it out the window, and it would fire. Because God had a purpose to reconcile him back to himself so that we could go to Mexico and reconcile teachers and help teachers get everything completely trust, trusting in their life so they could help others. That's why you're here this morning. It's about others. It's always about others. Joy is Jesus first, yourself last, and others in between. That's where true joy is. 
But I believe that there's people in this congregation this morning that have even dealt with suicide. I believe there's people in this congregation this morning that have dealt with, I don't believe God's going to do that for me. I believe there's people in this congregation this morning that have lost their trust and they've just said, I don't know if I can trust God with that. That's pretty big. Well, there's nothing. It says all. Completely. All completely. If, I, if you don't go away with anything else, I want you to go away with those two words in your heart and in your mouth. All and completely. Reconcile back to God. Amen? He's the creator of the heaven and earth. He's the creator of heaven and earth. He's a big God. We serve a big God. Amen? So I want you to t- clap your hands together. And I want you to look at whatever that situation is. If it's lack, if it's sickness if it's a deliverance that you need, if, it's, if you've been plagued with something, I want you to look at it. And I want you to say, God, I give this to you that you can bring it all to a completeness. I believe and I trust you. And now I lift it up to you. I let go of it. And I trust you as my Father. I take confidence that you are my refuge. You'll never let me be put to shame or confusion. And we bless your name. We bless your name. Bless your name. Bless your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.